Hey, I'm JR from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast, exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world, and beer. Lots of beer. 18 Over Par is proudly presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Pulling up to the clubhouse in a ride that looks half as good as your golf attire just isn't cutting it. It's time to improve your ride and your drive. You can purchase a new or used vehicle from Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park and the former Manitoba Amateur Champ will take you for a round at Breezy Bend. So now pulling up to the clubhouse won't be so damn embarrassing and neither will your golf game. You can book your test drive today at winnipegdodge.com. Just ask for Jamie Wilkie. You can also check him out on episode two of the 18 Over Par podcast. He'll certainly be happy to see you. You can also find them on social media, so make sure you improve your ride and your drive, and the only place to do that, the new Winnipeg Dodge. They're different. You can check them out, winnipegdodge.com. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. Suck, you Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in the Point West Auto Park. I'm JR, he is Mike, and today we're joined by Bailey Coolis, aka Esopanko who is the daughter of legendary Manitoba pro Dale Esopanko and legendary ICU nurse Kim Esopanko. She grew up at Assiniboine Golf Course before moving on to St. Charles, where she developed the on-course and business expertise, carrying her to Kenora Golf and Country Club, where you can find her today. All right, really happy to have Bailey on the line. Uh, We have a female voice finally joining 18 over par, which uh, is nice because, believe it or not, women golf too. And 18 over par is brought to you by the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. You can go see Jamie Wilkie. Just go to winnipegdodge.com, Google them, call them during a Jets game when you see their commercial and ask for that sexy man, Jamie Wilkie. He is an amazing golfer and he also will get you into a newer ride. They had a Dodge Ram 
that they sold 702 horsepower. Wow. I don't know why. Well, I guess 70, why wouldn't you need it? 702. 702. 72, and I was like, no. that's not a lot of horses. <laughs> yeah, that, that, but uh, <laughs> you know, we've, been, we've been talking a lot about the Grand Cherokees, Jordan, and but I, I've kind of, I was looking today, and they have a nice Dodge Journey. Oh, be, pick it up. Be good for the family, good for the golf club. On the East Coast, uh, at the radio station, we had a Dodge Journey. That was our summer vehicle because wow. you could pack a lot of shit in there. Yeah. You could live in it if you, you needed to. <laughs> if you need to, Might come do to it. that. <laughs> Maybe for you. <laughs> if we can travel. Uh, we'll touch on that a little bit more as well. And usually every guest gets a lovely 8-inch custom DQ cake from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs. DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. And although we do know you have a DQ in Kenora... Um, we'll get you a special treat this summer if we get to see you, if all the lockdown and travel restrictions are loosened. And hopefully they are. Absolutely. And hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And we'll touch on that in just a bit, but we're going to get to Mikey Likes It. And Mikey's got a special brew in honor of uh, yourself, Bailey, and Kenora. What is it, Mike? It is uh, from Lake of the Woods Brewing Company. It is called Nautical Disaster. It's a dry hopped IPA, uh, 6.4%. Uh, alcohol, so it's uh, it's very tasty. It's very hoppy. It's you know got a little citrus kick to it. And, it's uh, great. How does it taste, Bailey? I have never had that one actually. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> that we, would be a question. We, <laughs> That'd be a we, question for my husband. <laughs> well, you should have you should have given me a heads up. I could have grabbed one. <laughs> That's all right. We're not very prepared here. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> we're on lockdown, but we can still go get food. So that's, oh, that's oh, a good okay. thing. Okay. So yeah. So you. Yep. So those restrictions just came came in, and so yep. what? What exactly? Like, can you not go anywhere except to get like booze, or, or what? How does that work? Yeah. So you can leave your house to go to the grocery store, the pharmacy, the liquor store. Um, you can go to retail businesses, but for like curbside pickup only. Um, you can't go to the golf course. You can't do any kind of recreational thing, go to like a playground or a basketball court or anything like wow. that. Wow. So, yeah. So, and how do, like, can you do anything really outside then? Like, go for a walk? Yes, you can walk your dog. Okay. <laughs> if, you, if you're out of your house, the police can now stop you and ask why you're out of your house and ask for your address. And if you're not out for a good reason, they can find you like $725 or something like Whoa. that. Whoa. Jeez. That's a lot of yeah. beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could buy yeah. you could buy a dog for that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you can have like indoor weddings and like funerals up to ten people. Oh. But yeah, that's like the only thing that you can really do where people can be together. And you mentioned the golf courses shut down. Like the Kenora yeah. Golf Club, like all golf courses are shut down? All yeah, all golf courses in Ontario have to shut down. Um, so we did have our driving range open for a little bit and the announcement came out at like 3.30 today and it was as of 12.01 a.m. tonight slash tomorrow morning. We had to be completely shut down. Wow. So barely any notice, just shut it down. Yep. Shut it down. Wow. Because that was the one thing that was nice when we got those pretty tough restrictions was at least we could golf. You were allowed to go out right. there and golf. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and that was what we were at right now. You couldn't really do anything, but you could do outdoor recreational activities. And then all of a sudden, they just decided to change it because our numbers are so bad here, I guess. And the new model that they're showing 
um, has like ten, up to 10,000 cases per day <laughs> in like May or something like that. Fun. Wow. And, and one yeah. question, is that, is that true for, you know, the Toronto area or also true for that Northwestern Ontario area? Are you guys seeing higher numbers there or you're kind of just included because you're within Ontario? Yeah, we're, we're included just because we're in Ontario. We did have um, a little, like a month there where cases were kind of spiking. Uh, they were, uh, there's a whole bunch of cases going on in the reserves. Um, but now those are kind of under control now that we have the vaccines out. Mm. And and they've been able to remove some of the people from the reserve so that they can isolate and not give it to the rest of their family members that they live with. Oh, that's good. Because, yeah, that, that was yeah. that was the issue. Too, where there's just families um, just giving around COVID, passing it around. Right. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because yeah. like if, if I got it, I'm with my, my daughter and my wife. Well, they're probably going to get it too. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. But so now our cases are back down. Okay. And I think Thunder Bay might still be high, but our the, region is. The Thunder Bay. Good. I love Thunder Bay. Never <laughs> yeah. been. Never been to Thunder Bay. Never, never been? No, no. And never, I, never, yeah, never been to Kenora, but uh, I'll, we'll, we'll have to make our way. Hopefully, yeah, if, like I said, if we get the travel restrictions lifted, we'll be able to, to head out there because I heard we got some great golf courses out there and. Let's talk about golf. So we, okay. yeah, we, we know uh, yourself and uh, if you're a frequent listener of this podcast, we bring up Assiniboine Golf Club quite a bit. It's just because that's where yeah. I started uh, work at 12 years old. And yep. really your, your dad and your mom were fixtures there. Your, your dad was, I think, almost there for like 20, 30 years, something like that. Um, and he was there for 30 years, yeah. Yeah, 30, 30 years, which is incredible. Um, mm-hmm. and almost as long as I've been alive now. And do you, do you remember when you actually first got on a golf? Cause I, I know there's a few pictures of Dale and he would be driving you around in the golf cart in like the baby carrier. <laughs> Were you golfing yep. as a baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of had to ask my mom about this cause I don't remember that far back mm-hmm. really, but I got my first set of golf clubs on my first birthday. Wow. Yep. Um, (laughs) And I don't remember, I don't remember much about that set, obviously, but I do remember when I was really young, I had like this cut down putter that had a red velvet grip on it. And I used it so much that I wore out the velvet on it, where I guess my thumbs would be. Yeah. (laughs) So I got my first set of clubs on my first birthday and I was hitting the ball when I was two years old. Holy smokes. Jeez. So that's yeah. why you're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> and do you and do you still use a red velvet grip on your clubs? No, oh, okay. I don't. I do have I do have a red grip on my putter though. Okay. Oh, but it's not velvet. Scotty, oh. maybe a Scotty. They usually have red. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is it is, is it a Scotty Cameron? <laughs> it is a Scotty. Yeah. Oh. It was actually. I didn't buy it for myself. It was the wedding gift that my husband got for me. Oh, that's very nice. Well, that's why yeah, mm-hmm. we're mentioning that it is Bailey Coolis now, not Esapanko. Yep. So if I do fuck it up and say Esapanko, well, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm so I'm so Coolis used to that. Easier to say too. It, well, for me, I don't, well, yeah, that, I remember when people well, used to call the golf course, and I'm sure you got it a bit too. They'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah me and Dale go way back. Me and Dale Esposito. I was like, what? 
I was like, oh, you're really close to Dale. You can't even say his name. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we got Esposito a lot, or we got like Espazanko. Oh, yeah. Um, Espos- like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was always great yeah. getting, the, getting those calls. Espazamoto? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did say. Yeah, just throwing es- in completely different vowels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do got to say, I did say. Dale uh, Esposito one time. And I was quickly correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. All right. And do you remember like whether it would be your, your first round or when you actually got out to play golf? Like, was it with your dad that you remember? Yeah, I'm sure it probably was. I can't say I really remember like my first official round of golf. Um, but there's pictures of me, like when my dad did his golf holidays, there's pictures of me out on like the driving range with him hitting golf balls or putting on the practice screen and stuff like that. And Were you able to, that, were you a better putter than him when you first started? Cause he seemed to always have issues no. with the putter. No. <laughs> no. Would you, would you say and, you'd be better, uh, better now than he was? No, I put exactly like you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So you got about 12 million putters that you keep on going through just to figure out which one no, is right. I, yeah. No, I, uh, I only have two putters. Okay, good. But I only, I'm, I, I stuck to my Scotty because I put the best with it. But I, I was thinking about going out to the bunker and filling it up with sand to see if that trick helped. Oh, what's that trick? <laughs> you guys, you didn't know that story? Tell me. <laughs> my dad... <laughs> My dad, with one of his putters, went out to the bunker on nine and started filling up his putter with sand to oh. try and get the weight to just Oh, perfect. okay. Right. That's yeah. pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until you, I don't know, I think he epoxied that hole in the top of the grip so the sand wouldn't fall out when he flipped it back into his bag. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if that's regulation, but hey. It might have been back then. Who knows? Yeah. It's like a corked bat. <laughs> yeah. And then I went out with him and he yeah. took a bunch of money off me, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah. He screwed me over with an illegal putter. Well, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Either that or just a whole bunch of lead tape on the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> Right. We'll have to check with our rules officials yeah. uh, if the sand in the shaft of a putter is legal. I feel like we got a long list of what is legal and what is not. Yeah. So we'll have to put that on the list. Yeah, and you're left-handed mm-hmm. then too, like him, right? I am. Yep. When I when I started out golfing, I could swing both ways. And he said that he let me pick which way I swung the club, but I'm I doubt that. Suspicious. I didn't have that. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, Jordan, and uh, Bailey, please bear with me while I digress. I did a a normal amount of research on this topic about (laughs) left-handers in Canada, so bear with me. Uh, Some interesting information, because I feel like, you know, there seems to be a lot of our friends are left-handed, and it seemed to be, like, Mm -hmm. not as common as a thing, and, and now it is. So I did a little bit of research, found a 2019 article written by Adam Dickinson from golfwrx.com titled Canada home of the lefty question mark. So the, don't, don't read the whole article, please. I got the whole article. Here. So in, in short, the article states that 30% of golfers in Canada are left-handed 30, 
30%. Wow. Much higher than the, the 10% average seen in USA. And then uh, much higher than the 5% of all PGA golfers uh, in 2018 were left-handed. Wow. Yeah. Staggering, wow. staggering yeah. information. Uh, Adam, the writer of the article, ties this back to uh, hockey. Uh, two-thirds of Canadians playing hockey shoot left-handed. And uh, a lot of successful baseball, Canadian baseball players, bat left-handed. So similar mechanics tie it back to that. And that's why we're seeing a lot more Canadians uh, left-handed uh, in the game of golf. There you go. Some good research. Some good research. Mm-hmm. The other, yeah. He also mentions Mike Weir. Oh, uh, yes. And so he made it cool to be left. Yeah, that's right. Because I remember, yeah, that yeah. would, like both him and then I remember Phil. Phil. Phil, when he really kind of burst onto the scene, was like, oh, people can play golf left-handed and succeed at it. Exactly. And well, it's great now that <laughs> that uh, society can accept left-handed golfers. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> just, just kidding. I don't, I don't know. You don't well, know? No, obviously not, because we're talking about it right now. But. Do you still get flack well, for that at the golf course? Yeah, I did today, actually. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why? Did I you did say, today. oh, you lefty? No, we actually had one of our members brought his little granddaughter out to go to the driving range. And he asked to borrow like a little kid's club. So I said, well, you know, if she's right-handed or left-handed. And he said, uh, I don't know, but we're going to teach her to be right-handed anyways. We don't need any more lefties. And I'm like, hey, hold on. <laughs> and he's like, oh, right, you're left-handed. I was yeah. like, yeah, I am. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, and I turned out okay. Yeah. yeah. F you, man. Yeah. He, yeah, he did say that if she was left-handed and she could hit the ball, as far as I could when she's older, then he would be okay with it. Oh, I bet. So, well, so can I, you I still play right-handed, that. though? No. No, I okay. tried on the driving range last week just for fun, and it's the most awkward feeling. Really? Hmm. Yeah. But I think I that's why I, can't I, do it. I can do left-handed because I shoot left in hockey, but I, I swing right-handed. Yeah. It's yeah. probably just because yeah, that was my, right. my first my first set of clubs was, was right-handed. They didn't. My right. parents didn't ask. My grandpa didn't ask. It was just... You got right-handed clubs. Down right-handed set of clubs. Yeah, pretty much. And then I got the new the new yeah. sticks from uh, Dale Sapenko, the pro shop, uh, which were also right-handed. So that was it. Yeah. That's all I had, had to do. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't playing left-handed. You were right-handed. <laughs> <laughs> I was right-handed. That's just what happened. That's how it went. Uh, so, so yeah. growing up, then did you did your dad ever give you any lessons? Yeah, um, not like a driving range kind of lesson, but mm-hmm. every time we would we would go around to the golf course, you know, kind of in the evening when it wasn't busy anymore we'd go out and play around and then we'd stop at certain spots and, and he'd say, try that again or do this this time. And just little pointers here and there. Hmm. And that, do you think that that kind of helped you out as you progress in your career? Cause I remember who, when you're have been like 12 or 13, maybe like you were just, you were winning everything. It seemed like at the golf course, like even, and I think there were some people that were getting a little bit pissed off cause like, Oh, there should be like a girl's, junior club championship and then there's like a, a should be a boys club championship because what was it like yourself and like darcy instance the late darcy instance yeah, were just destroying yeah. everybody oh wow yeah yeah well it's hard to have a girls and a boys league when there's only two girls mm. right. that's <laughs> true know? and just so happens that those two then, girls are phenomenal at golf <laughs> yeah yeah and then darcy wasn't a member there for very long so after she kind of left um, it was just me and all the all the guys, so it was just junior club championship. And did you ever get ribbed a lot because you were a girl and you were left-handed? 
<laughs> I don't think so growing up. Maybe not to my face. <laughs> we, we talked I a lot of shit behind was... your back. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably. I mean, everyone was probably too scared to say anything to me because Dale was my dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't want to get on his bad side. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I've been on that uh, bad side, but I, I, w- I wanted yeah. to touch on that as well because both uh, your dad and your, your mom, Kim, uh, were like second mm-hmm. parents. And you mentioned like second parents really to everyone that was at the club because there's a lot of junior golfers that ended up working in the shop. So you got a little a yeah. little bit of that, that golf sprinkle magic on you. So you learned how to play the game. But on top of that, you also got to learn the business side of the game because both yeah. Dale and your mom was pretty influential in the business as well. We really got to learn how business operates. And I think that was so beneficial for myself, although my golf game struggled after a bit mm-hmm. because I was working so damn much. <laughs> working so much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I, it's helped me out exponentially thinking of in my career where it's all just kind of second nature now because of, uh, you know, your parents. And then, of course, you run around the golf course and you're a few years younger than me. I, um, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but I remember there was times when we were babysitters. The people working in the pro shop were your babysitters. And yep. there was that certain age where you and your friends would come around and you'd have the you'd have the giggles and you'd come and you'd kick me in the shins. And I had the red hat, which is infamous. And you guys would always take my red hat. And I'm being a teenage boy. I'm very concerned about my looks, very worried about my flat hair under the hat. And these girls would just come and steal my hat and run away and go into the woman's locker room. So why were you so obsessed with that red hat? Why were you so obsessed with that? Like, did you, was that the only hat you owned at that time? I owned two hats. One was a Tiger Woods red hat and the other one was the Circa one. That's it. And and those stats still still stand to today. Yeah, Yeah, they're still still sticking around today and they stink because they have not been washed. I can't believe you still have that red Circa hat. A lot of people don't, but that's how I gain the advantage when we play any match, like when we play Team Lefty uh, with Blair Mooney and Matt Levins, I, I can throw on that hat and they just giggle and they're like, I can't believe you still have that hat. <laughs> and instantly hat. their mental framework gets changed and they're little boys yeah. and I'm a grown ass man and we take advantage <laughs> on the golf course. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so it makes sense for you to still have it now. It's, it's, a mind, <laughs> it's a mind game thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a mind right. game thing. Yeah. And it was felt like it was a mind game thing with you when you were younger to just take it away. And that's probably why my confidence <laughs> is so fragile now. So thank you. <laughs> and, oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and speaking of, of mind games, was it was it Wilkie who had gone out for a round with Dale Esapanko, mm-hmm. and and uh, he was he was Dale was correcting Wilkie on his putting, and and he said, "Oh, you're whipping around when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're coming back there." And then, but in reality, yeah. he was not, and he was just playing mind games with him. So, did he ever play mind games with you? I imagine you're a lot mentally stronger than I am uh, on the golf course. <laughs> I don't know about that. No. Um, (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, as a, I always get more into my own head when I'm playing around because I'm female. So I always feel there's pressure on me to play at the top level that I can every time I'm out there. So I'm always in my head on the, on the golf course. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I think maybe if my dad had played mind games on me when I was younger and when I was learning to golf, I wouldn't be so much in my head now. Right. Is that pressure uh, increased, uh, you know, when playing males then rather than females or it's just always there? Um, it's more so just playing with the guys. Yeah. Because, you know, 
maybe not so much now because people don't really know who I am, but when I was golfing in Winnipeg, people were like, oh, you're Dallas Tango's daughter. So they have right. like a level mm-hmm. that they expect you to play at. Yeah. And obviously it's not realistic to play at that level all the time, but you have expectations of yourself because you think these people are expecting a certain amount of um, skill from you. Mm-hmm. For sure. Did you ever kind of break through that barrier now that you're in no, Kenora? I, no, I still have it every once in a while. Like there's some holes that like run side by side. And if I kind of know who those people are and kind of feel like they're watching me, it'll be in my head like, okay, please hit a decent shot here. Do not call it. <laughs> do not, do not shank it at those people on the other fairway. Yeah. That's like me over every shot. Exactly. Yeah. Any first tee box with a gallery yeah. and it's, it's not going yeah. great. Or if you're playing through someone or if they're, you're yeah. on the same tee box as them, it's just right. the knees yeah. start rattling. Yeah. You're on the, yeah. or if you're on the, uh, on the uh, second hole there, on a Cinnaboyne and you're playing back yep. to, uh, you're playing from the wrong fairway and there's people waiting on you. That always gets a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. The whole playing through a group, I hate doing it on par threes because I just know I'm going to like chunk my wedge or something. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, like really? We're letting you play through? Like, come on. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, I'm actually two under. Um, but of yeah. course, yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't know that. Um, going back to, no, to kind not, of when, not based up the shot. Yeah. When uh, when you were younger, were, were there any other sports that you played or were you, you always kind of like, no, you're playing golf and that's it? Uh, no, I played soccer. Um, so I actually got away from playing golf kind of more so in like my middle school years and into high school because I played on the regional soccer team and then also played a little bit of provincial soccer as well. Wow. Do you, do you find that that maybe helped you with your, with your golf game or if your golf game maybe helped you with soccer? Um, I think maybe my golf game probably helped me with my soccer and not necessarily the other way around. Um, cause golf, you have to be accountable for your own skill and you have to practice and, only like you don't have a team to kind of back you up. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so growing up playing golf helped me with soccer to know practice on my own, um, get the skills where they need to be to advance to different levels and have that self-discipline. So when did you really get back into golf and around what age? Probably when I stopped playing soccer. Um, I'm not really sure what age that was, probably maybe 16 or 17. And then did you kind of just go full bore into golf? Yeah, like I started working at the golf course full time, um, started getting out more, started playing with, you know, like Adam Legace and Luke Valgertson and mm-hmm. some people that I had met in high school that played golf as well. So that kind of helped kind of get me back out onto the golf course because I actually had people around my own age that I could go play with. Mm-hmm. Did they get the competitive juices flowing? Um, not really. I mm-hmm. mean, like we would do sort of competitive stuff like within our group who was ever golfing, but we just more so went out just for the fun of it, you know, to enjoy the day, have a couple drinks. Mm. You know, we, we're well aware of that. Sounds like a <laughs> we great like, yeah. We we love those days. <laughs> yeah. Then, then when did yeah, you? I was, I was, I was going to say, when did it kind of get uh, competitive then for you? When did you say like, hey, maybe I I actually want to become either uh, a professional or get into this full time? 
Yeah. Um, I didn't, I never really wanted to play golf like competitively, like in tournaments or anything like that. I never really enjoyed that very much growing up. So it mm-hmm. kind of deterred me from it when I was older. But um, as far as getting more into getting into it as a career and becoming professional, that was probably after my dad had passed away. Because mm-hmm. um, he passed away when I was 18. So that's kind of at the point where you try to decide what you want to do with the rest of your life, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, a family friend had told my mom about the golf management program at Georgian College in Barrie, and I looked into it and had a meeting with the um, the program director, and you know he made it sound like a really interesting course, and it just felt right to go down that path. Absolutely, and, and uh, if I can cut in here, I, I did a little research on the the golf facilities operation management course. You should see the smile on Mike's yep. face right now. He's excited. He likes this stuff <laughs> at uh, at Georgian College there in in Barrie, Ontario. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. And uh, like just just looking at some of these these uh, course names, like uh, Golf Two Thousand One Fundamentals of the Golf Swing. I don't think I do very yep. well at that one. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, you know, golf equipment and storage repair, golf operations, you know, you got some marketing, your, you know, your typical business stuff. And then golf 2000 was turf renovation and construction, which is pretty interesting. It just looks like a a great Mm -hmm. course. So what can you, can you tell us a little bit about that course and, and how, how, yeah. Yeah. So the, the program that I took was a two year diploma program. Um, and you do a lot of the stuff in class, but then a lot of the stuff isn't in the classroom. So like the fundamentals of the swing is basically you are teaching other people how to golf. So that was kind of cool. Cause we actually, one day a week, we would go to a golf course for the, for that class and you'd be on the driving range there. Um, and you'd put together like a lesson plan. And then once you were done with, the school side of it, then you would go and play nine or 18 holes after, depending on how much time you had left in the day. Wow. And yeah, one of the, one of the things here in the course description, it says extensive field trips to golf courses (laughs) in Canada and the U S that just seems like a field trip, a a dream, (laughs) a field trip to a golf course. (laughs) Did you guys all get in a school bus and go on a field trip? (laughs) We did. Yeah. So we would go to, (laughs) yeah, we'd go to, um, the golf courses in like the Toronto area and some of them more around the Barrie area and you'd go and you'd get to talk to head professionals, general managers, superintendents and kind of see what their actual day-to-day was. And then in the second year of our program, we actually got to go to Florida for a week. Wow. Yeah. And then if you go into the four-year program, you actually get to go to St. Andrews in your final year is your oh, graduation wow. trip. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I guess if you stick it out, you might as well go play where it pretty much all started. Right. And yeah. I thought you were yeah. going to say where Mike played. Well, no, I wasn't going to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've never actually mentioned it on the podcast, but I played St. Andrews uh, in 2019, at the end of 2019. It was an amazing experience, but uh, we don't got to get into that today. I can tell you all about it, but I wanted to get back to So you're going on field trips at Georgian yep. College, and Barrie isn't too far from the Muskoka. So I was curious if if you did any field trips up there. There must be a few aff- affluent <laughs> golf clubs up that way. 
Yeah, yeah, we did do one out that way, and of course, I can't remember the name of it, but no, right. it was it was one of the resort golf courses out there. So you okay. you got to see how the general manager ran like the golf course and the resort side of things. Right, right. Yeah, they have like yeah. six courses in the top 100 score in Canada. No, oh, just the Muskoka region yeah. itself? Just the Muskoka oh, wow. region. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful area. Yeah, I'll read them off quickly. Maybe they were one of them. <laughs> Taboo, Deerhurst, Rocky Crest, Big Win Island, and Muskoka Bay Club. But yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of other uh, mentionables in, in, in the area. <laughs> Well, playing playing now where you do play, do you notice that there's a distinct difference between courses, say, in Kenora or, or in Northwestern Ontario compared to what you'll find in Manitoba? Uh, yeah, Kenora more so than Beauty Bay, which is the other golf course that's in our area. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenora is very hilly, and, you know, you have the rocks and <laughs> elevated tees and greens, so you have a lot of flying shots where you can't necessarily see where your drive ends or where your approach shot ends. That's That would screw me up so bad, <laughs> just especially playing, you know, getting so used to Manitoba. So what, I guess it's just, you just learn it because you play it so often? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you play it so often that you know where you have to place the ball in order for it to work out. And there's certain trees or landmarks on the golf course that you know to aim at. Yeah, well, that would help. They don't. They don't have the TV towers here in in Manitoba, so you can't aim at the top of the TV tower. The TV TV yeah. cameraman is unfortunately, but for the most part, uh, you don't really need it. And I, so then, after Georgian College, you came back and you tried. Yeah. So you did your your PAT. Yeah. So, so what's what's that process, or what was that process and, like? And what is PAT? Mm-hmm. So it's your play. I don't know what. It stands for it's like player ability test or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that. that's what it is. Yeah, player ability test. Yeah. Yeah. So when I did it, it was a two-round um, event. You could either do it in one day or you could do it over two days at a PGA event. And when I did mine, it was two 18-hole rounds in the same day at South Inner Lake. And how did that go? You had um, some, some people, some familiar faces on the course with you? Yeah, yeah, I had Sean Mercier as my caddy, mm-hmm, nice. and James Sachuski was actually doing his PAT as well. Yeah, and Sachuski, uh, for people who are listening, he, uh, I think eventually got in, he was at Bell Acres for a few years here, most, most yep. recently he was at uh, Bell Acres, but I, I guess there was some, some issues on the course with someone you were playing with, they were caught cheating, or they didn't actually get caught cheating, but uh, Mercier called them out on it? Uh, I don't know if it was Sean. I think it might have actually been James oh, okay. who called him out on it. But, yeah, so it was just kind of a shit show from the start with this kid. <laughs> it was Richard Forbes. Oh, no. <laughs> no it, wasn't, it wasn't Richard. Sorry. Sorry, Richard, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, probably pretty close. But so... <laughs> So <laughs> we lost the listener. Kid, <laughs> this kid had his dad caddy for him, which is fine. Except his dad requested a power cart to drive around in mm. because he had a bad knee or whatever, which whatever, understandable. So deal with that. And then on like the first couple holes, the dad's like starting up the cart in people's backswings. Or he's driving really far ahead, so he's in the line of someone trying to hit. And then we have to try and get his attention, get him to move, 
and it was just kind of frustrating the first couple holes. So we said something to the rules official. He told him to stop, and then he stopped. And like, okay, maybe things will turn around. A couple holes after that, his dad would be like standing in his putting line, which wow. you know you can't do. <laughs> yeah. So you know, rule official is watching this happen, not saying anything about it. So we're like, you, like he can't do that. Can you maybe get him to stop? or something <laughs> so <laughs> so told him you know you can't stand in your the kid's line when he's putting blah 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 so got that sorted out and then we're on the 18th hole and the kid hits a drive dead right into the driving range which is marked OB like are you gonna hit a provisional he's like no I'll find it I'm like okay let's that's kind of strange, but whatever. <laughs> not hard to find a ball in the driving range. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, not not at all, right? <laughs> so he's over there looking, and everyone else is kind of off to the left side of the hole, and he's kind of way off on the right. And his dad and the cart kind of drives around and throws a golf ball out. Doesn't think anyone can see it, but oh, he was no. caught. Yeah, so did that like oh found the golf ball it's right here and we're like no, no you didn't we saw you throw the golf ball <laughs> oh, out of no. the cart like so called the rules official over and we're thinking okay this guy's gonna get dq'd because you know he can't do that rules official gives them a two-stroke penalty tells him to go back and re-tee mm, but no dq no dq and then the kid re-tees bombs his drive to either on the green or just like kind of off to the side of it and then chips in. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so he got like a five or a six or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But still, it's not and like an all, eight. It's not a big yeah, number. Yeah. No, it's not a big number, which makes it even more infuriating. Mm-hmm. So how was so, that mentally then for, for your game? Well, I think for all, like there was me and then two others, James and another guy. We were all like, frustrated because our first 18 holes took forever because you know his dad's like driving around in the cart and screwing around so we have to wait on him to get out of the way yeah. and the, ki- the kid's taking forever to hit his shots and pick clubs and all that kind of stuff and then after the 18th hole the cat or the rules officials like hey you guys got to pick up the pace like you played in i think it was three hours or something like oh, that no. it was so long and then, so we're standing on the first tee again, waiting for this kid. We're like, where is he? Like, what is he doing? And then the rules official comes up like, oh, yeah, you guys can go ahead. He he quit. What? <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. way. Just like walked yep. off the grid, got on the cart with his dad and got out of there. Yeah. Just like left. Didn't like tell us he was leaving. Didn't say thanks for the game or anything. Just we're all standing there trying to figure out where this kid is. But meanwhile, he's like halfway back to Winnipeg. <laughs> That's so bizarre. Yeah. He just left. Yeah, it was, he just left. Like, yeah, like, like it was. Did he think he just knew that he wasn't going to, he wasn't doing well or he just, he just left or maybe I, he got fed up with his dad. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think he might've realized that we were all, super pissed at him for the oh. whole 18th hole situation that mm-hmm. maybe he didn't want to continue on because of that yeah. but we played really quick after he was gone so it it, it was a better situation yeah. for us yeah it sounds like it the kid uh yeah. D, the kid dq'd himself yeah <laughs> and, yeah 
And maybe he picked up some DQ on the way yeah, home. Maybe, maybe he got it. Yeah, he had to get in time before closing maybe. time. Pace yep, of play was so slow. Yeah. Some, an ice cream cake yeah. or something. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So then, after after that, did you then start, or were you were you working at that time full time at Assiniboine? I wasn't actually at Assiniboine at that point. Um, when I came at Assiniboine before I went to college, and then when I came back in between my two years, I actually got a job at St. Charles. Okay, so what was that like? Because we we always talk about St. Charles because none of us have played St. Charles. So what what did you what did you learn there? Um, I really enjoyed working there. I worked with Corey Cartouche, who's the head professional. Oh yeah, he's been there for um, for a while now. Yeah, yep. And he had me as part of his um, professional staff, and I had a focus more so in the merchandising side of things because. You know, I was familiar with my dad's golf shot growing up. <laughs> so you, you knew every <laughs> single skew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, wouldn't <laughs> want to do inventory at that shop. <laughs> we had yeah. to all the time. We did. Yeah. 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 So I got really good at organizing and making sure inventory was perfect. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was good. But yeah, that, I really enjoyed my time there. I got to help with the junior programs and the ladies programs, um, doing lessons and camps and stuff like that. And it was nice to see the private side of the golf world because I'd grown up at a Cinnaboyne and it's semi-private, so you still get the public play in there. Mm -hmm. So were you, were you tired of the municipal golfers coming to a Cinnaboyne? Is that it? Do you have something against <laughs> municipal golfers? <laughs> no, no, I was... I was all set to go back to Assiniboine and then uh, in the winter time while I was away at school I had someone from um, Assiniboine tell me that I wasn't going to make it far in the golf industry and I said you know what I'm going to prove you wrong wow, and wow. I applied for St. Charles and I got on there. Nice. Well, good for you. I mean, you've yep. always you've always been uh, a fighter, whether it's with me over my red hat, or uh, in the, <laughs> or in uh, or in this uh, in this instance. And so, then, what brought you out to where you are now in Kenora? Uh, my husband, actually. Oh. <laughs> um, we met. <laughs> yeah, we met in Winnipeg, um, but he worked for Hydro One here, um, which is a really good job. So it didn't make sense for him, you know, to leave. Kenora to come to Winnipeg. So I left Winnipeg to come to Kenora. Nice. And then how'd you get on uh, where you are now? I just, I sent a resume to Jennifer Hollins, who's the head professional at Kenora. And she knew who I was through my dad, obviously. And she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, absolutely. I'll take you on. So I worked there for full time for the first couple of years. And then now I'm just part time because um, I needed money in the winter time. So I got on the hospital out here too. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So following in, uh, in, in your mom's, uh, mom's footsteps, cause she's been a, a nurse for Jesus forever, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's a intensive care nurse at St. Boniface hospital. So. Yeah. And very, very needed legendary. She, uh, she always had time for us uh, at the club and obviously all, all the time for the folks that uh, end up in, in her care as well. And that's maybe why I think, you know, both uh, she and maybe that's where you get your caring side from. Cause it always seems like any single time that, even if you're maybe having a bad day, you always had time for, for people to listen to people. And maybe that's why, you know, you, you become so successful at, at what you do now. Yeah. And I think I got that probably from both my mom and my dad, because my dad was so great with people and right. relationships. Yeah. And he just had that personality that drew people to him. So I definitely got 
that part of my dad and then my mom she was always so kind and caring and she could tune into it if someone was having a bad day or you know just needed a minute and I have that as well which I can help put towards the younger staff members at at our golf course because we have a lot of back shop kids that do the stuff that I did growing up with shagging the range with an actual shag bag and walking back and forth. <laughs> not, not, a, not a fancy yeah. cart. You got the bag. Nope. You have to go and pick up every yep. single ball. <laughs> that's like yeah. that's like Sandy talking about uh, the uh, the kids, Hull's kids picking up right. balls there. I was like, what? That, yep. that was a thing? Like yeah. they didn't have machines yep. that yep. did that? They nope. still they, so, they do now, but you still got to, the kids got to do it. Right. That, that's how you yep. break them in. Yeah. But at Kenora, our driving range is like our tee deck's really high and then there's a giant hill that goes straight down and then there's another hill that goes up to the back of the driving range and right at the bottom it's a huge swamp so the pickers they either get stuck in the swamp or they (laughs) tip over because it's such a steep hill (laughs) he went out shagging and he never came back yeah how many how many young children are lost in that bog (laughs) swamp shaggers Yeah. yeah so we've got you know like little 12-year-old kids out there picking the reins. <laughs> Good. Hey, you know what? They they maybe become the future professionals, right? Like you never yeah, you never absolutely. know. People just love the game, but that's it's just great being around a, a golf course and having spent, you know, your pretty much all your time in the summer at at Assiniboine and then now yeah. uh, in Kenora and I remember there was even a few times at Assiniboine you were out working the bar cart. Is that true? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we had Yeah, I did that. Because we had Levens, um, and he he always throws out one-liners to bar cart girls, even though he's he's taken, he's a taken man, he's engaged, but he just likes yep. he just likes being an idiot, making conversation, making conversation. So one of his lines is, "Watch any good shows." Did you? Did anyone who maybe didn't know who you were try and like give you a one-liner while working the bar cart? Yeah, I think I I probably had a couple, um, but there weren't any ones that were like majorly creepy okay that's good (laughs) which is good yeah yeah and it yeah (laughs) um most of the time when i was on the bar card it was for the thursday night men's night so everyone everyone yeah so i don't i didn't get harassed (laughs) good well and well funny enough i think too like because wednesday was always uh ladies night at assiniboine and i think blair mooney from episode three he was on the bar card (laughs) strutting his stuff i think he did a couple yeah yeah. yeah, he's wearing those short shorts, and those <laughs> ladies were giving him extra tips. <laughs> Seeing that pale Irish body of yeah. his, yeah, he, sha- he shaved his legs. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna crush us for this, but that's, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> he was anyways. <laughs> he was anyways. Yeah, that's that's uh, that that's true. Well, um, I don't know. Did you have any uh, other questions, or do you want to get into? Well, it? I did. I did okay. want right. to uh, out in Kenora. There must be a lot of obviously. There's a lot of wilderness. Is beautiful. And uh, yep. I was curious if you did any fishing up in Canada. Oh, right. We didn't even touch on fishing. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did a lot of ice fishing this winter um, because there wasn't anything else we could do because <laughs> we've been on lockdown for like a whole year, basically. Oh, so we wow. did a lot of ice fishing this winter. Um, we unfortunately didn't get to do a lot of fishing in the summer just because we don't have a boat that's reliable for oh. Lake of the Woods. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, we, <laughs> we have a friend out uh, yeah. at uh, the North Harbor there. Are you familiar familiar with the North Harbor? Yep. It's a, it's a yacht, and it's called 
oh. Aquaholic, and it's captained <laughs> by uh, uh, Mr. Johnstone. Yeah, recreational sailing connoisseur. Yes. Oh, yeah. fancy. We might even record uh, an episode out there. He wants us to go out there and record on his boat. Yeah. So he's got. <laughs> well, that, a, would, that would be a pretty cool episode. He's yeah. got a, a hundred footer or anywhere between a twenty footer and a hundred footer, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna go see him. But uh, yeah, I, and have you caught any master anglers or any any fish stories? Yeah, because you, you must have fished about? a bunch here. Yeah, yeah. When I when I was with my dad, I caught. Um, master angler catfish and I think maybe a gold eye. Wow. And then actually just this winter while we were ice fishing, I caught an Ontario master angler perch, which Ooh, is pretty sweet. cool because it was my first perch. How big is that? It was like 13 inches. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, a, a perch <laughs> yeah. are very small, but yeah. 13, 13 inches yeah. is pretty Are, are, they, are yeah. they bigger in Ontario yeah. then? Um, That was... Troy said that's the biggest one he's seen, but wow. he could have just been saying that wow. because you know, <laughs> pumping pumping <laughs> your tires. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you? Yeah, uh, exactly. Caught any muskie? I, I I know there's that big muskie statue yes. in Kenora. <laughs> have you caught any muskie? Husky the muskie. That's right. Yeah, no, I I have not caught a muskie. Um, we do go muskie fishing though. I've I've seen muskie like following our lures and stuff, but I've never caught one personally. Wow. Yeah. What a, a beast of a fish. And it seems like a lot of golfers we've had on the podcast are big fishermen. Too. Yeah. So maybe I'll have yeah. to take up fishing um, and that'll improve my game. But well, it might be the opposite because yeah. I remember Dale would always disappear for, for days and he'd be fishing. But you guys also lived on the river when you were here. Did, did, you, yeah. did, you, did you catch anything uh, on the river at the back of your house? Yeah, yeah, we, um, before the flood, what was it, the flood of 98, the really bad flood? 96, we 98, had a dog. 97, 97, whatever. Right in the middle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah. We have a flood every so, year. But, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, before that flood, we had like a really nice, um, a really nice backyard that went down to the water and we had a dock and we had our boat out there and stuff. So we would fish out there quite a bit. And then after the flood, it just kind of ripped away our riverbank and we couldn't get the boat down there anymore, mm. but you can still fish out there um, just off the shore. And I think Tim Grant and Sean Mercier went fishing out of our backyard one time and they caught some, a couple fish. Yeah. Well, that was one of my first experiences with fishing at that age, I did a little bit when I was younger, but I would just go to like Grant's Old Mill on that uh, Sturgeon Creek there. Right. But then yeah. I, I went, so Timmy G, Tim Grant, took me uh, to the back of, of your place and I caught a fish. Yeah. It was some mutant thing. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck it was, but I was like, what is this thing? And then I couldn't get the lure out of the mouth. Oh, no. So I was like, ah, and I was like freaking out. And then it just was like flopping around on the ground. I'm like, ah, so I kicked it back in the river. Oh, no. I'm like, I want to get this sucker yeah. back in there. But this was, this thing was ugly. I don't know if it was like a little catfish or Probably. what the hell it was, but it was Probably disgusting. Probably a catfish yeah. or, or a bullhead or something. Ah, yeah. That's that's what well, it might have been. It might have been a bullhead. Yeah. Well, and if you went fishing with him, he wouldn't have helped you out at all. Because no. 
And hopefully that bullhead or catfish didn't sting you in the foot like it did right. to our belly there yeah. and have a uh, a dead a dead toe. Yeah, well, pretty much almost everyone we've had on, yeah, is also has also fished. And then interesting this week at uh, is it Harbor Town? That's where the PGA yeah, is this, yeah, this year. Past week, yep. And uh, <laughs> this year, this yeah, year they That's play they play all year at one year. course. I thought there was just one course. Again, I I'm pretty local here. I don't have cable TV. <laughs> I, uh, you got the I, rabbit ears. I live out of my Dodge journey, <laughs> but there was an interesting great family, car. Yeah, exactly, great family yeah. car. You can live out of it. I don't have a family, but I live out of the Dodge journey. And, uh, and, uh, sometimes I go to the library and use their internet browser. Um, so on the internet browser it, 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 on Wednesday, Cameron Smith, it showed him, uh, fishing at, at, really? at the golf course. And then he said he got shooed off by security. <laughs> Thursday, he shoots low round 62. So he's leading. And then I, he played yesterday. He did pretty well. I think he's tied for fourth. And then after the round, he went out on a boat and he, he caught this huge redfish out on the uh, on the ocean. So it's kind of connected to our fishing stories yeah. here. It was like a, yeah, a three-foot, 600-pound fish. When... My dad used to run his golf holidays down to Florida. We would actually go to one of the ponds on the golf course and we would fish on uh, the golf course. Right on the golf course. Were there fish right in there? Right on the golf course, wow. yeah. Yeah, there were fish in there. Yeah, it was like a pond that fed into a river system or something like that. So there'd be fish in there every once in a while. Did you ever, did you go on like all of those holidays? Because that was, that was always a, a big, big thing were those golf holidays. Yeah. Yeah, from... Basically, since I was born up until my dad stopped doing them, I went on every single one. Oh, um, what about, uh, did you hear anything from his time at Augusta? I I know you, I know you probably I, didn't get to go down there, but. No, no, I didn't go, get to go with him. But, you know, I have pictures from Stu Mackay because he took a whole bunch of pictures while they were out there. So I have some of those pictures of them out there playing and with their caddy and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. wow. I just, I know they had a really great time, um, except for, I think on the drive down or on the drive back, they had, um, they were driving under a bridge and some kids threw like a rock or cement brick off of it. And it oh, smashed geez. right through the sunroof oh, on, my, on my dad's SUV. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've heard yeah. And he, he didn't, he didn't spill his coffee and he didn't let go of his cigarette. Yeah. He just kept going, baby. Yeah. Wow. What an amazing feat to, uh, <laughs> to play Augusta and then yeah. also to yeah. survive a, uh, a brick through the sunroof. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's a good segue or not into the back nine lightning I round, think. but uh, but I think it could be. I know I know you've prepared thoroughly for this, uh, Bailey. But uh, the back nine lightning round is presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in the Point West Auto Park. You can get uh, a Jeep Grand Cherokee Dodge, mm-hmm. like a Dodge Journey. Yeah, newer mm-hmm. used. Just go see Wilkie. Well, I wonder what Bailey thinks of the the Jeep. Grand right, you got Cherokee. a Grand Cherokee, right? I do. I do have a Grand Cherokee. Yeah, I've got a 2016 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, I didn't buy it from Jamie though. That's right. He wasn't a car That's dealer right. at the time, but oh, well. if, but Jeep. now I know if I need if I go for another Jeep, upgrade. I have, I have a contact. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just don't buy the one that I want. 
The 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Oh, okay. And now the 2021. Is there any 20 Jeep Grand Cherokee, or do you have like a specific one? I have a specific one. So you let me know what you're looking at, and I'll say yay or nay whether or not you can uh, you can have it or not. But uh, Wilkie, he's a former amateur champ, fantastic golfer. If you buy from him, he will take you out for around a breezy bend. So you may learn a thing or two from uh, the one and the only uh, Jamie Wilkie. You can check him out, winnipegdodge.com. All right, let's get into it. Or maybe Wilkie would learn something from Bailey. Oh, probably, actually, because what's your handicap now? Uh, Well, when I was looking up my lowest round, Golf Canada says it's a nine. Oh, okay. Uh, That's pretty good. That's better than like like 95% of the people on the show. (laughs) (laughs) We only get the best here. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking uh, speaking of good handicaps, and we're we're getting into the back nine lightning round, so uh, some uh, Mm -hmm. some questions here. Uh, First question: Have you ever got a hole in one? I have not. You have not. Mm. Have you come close? No. I've come close lots of times. Yes. Yeah. How (laughs) frustrating is that? (laughs) It's so frustrating. Uh, Have you you done an albatross or anything? Um. No albatross. No, I don't think I've gotten out. I almost got an albatross at Glendale one year when I was golfing with Sean Mercy and his brother. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that was an almost. That doesn't count either. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I've been I've been close to. I almost got a hole in one this past golf season. Actually, I was maybe like a couple inches from the cup. Wow. Yeah. The elusive hole in one. Yeah. I bet it bounced yeah. out of the, uh, I bet it had one of those pool foam pool right. noodles in there and it probably bounced out. <laughs> yeah. That happened to me a few <laughs> times this year, I think. But, Doesn't that count though? Doesn't it count if it hits I, the foam thingy and comes out? I we we it say was. it is. Yeah. yeah. We say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even get it on the green. So I don't, I don't think uh, I've been close, but uh, Next question here. Uh, recent rule changes allow you to putt with the pin in. Do you putt with the pin in or out? It depends. Mm. If we're just out there for like a quick 18 holes trying to get it in, then we'll leave the pin in just so we can cruise around. But if it's a more serious kind of golf game, then we tend to take it out because you don't want a weird bounce off the pin or something like that, right? Mm-hmm, that's, For sure. No, that's my exact feeling on it. Yeah, and I think yeah. we're, we're hearing that quite a bit now. So yeah, getting, well, especially because, yeah. well, we talked about it, I think, last episode. Sometimes, especially if it's windy, the flag almost gets up right. to, like, the side of the cup, so you're missing, like, half the hole. Yeah. I just... Yep. Adds to the difficulty of the game. Yeah, and I great. Like, yeah. I like that. more of it, please. I yeah. like that challenge <laughs> yeah. to go in yeah. the go in the uh, side door rather than right at it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say back door, but that wouldn't have gone well. So next question no, that- here: <laughs> uh, Where do you like to play regularly in Manitoba? And I know you're in Northwestern Ontario, so I'll I'll add. Northwestern Ontario, and I wanted to add a tidbit. Jr. and Bailey, did you know that Northwestern Ontario is under the Gulf Manitoba umbrella? I didn't know that. Yeah, I did know that. Well, yeah, she well, yeah, but you're. No, I mean, I was reading that the other day. I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. but it makes sense. I mean, yeah. geographically, and, and you're kind of far right. away from the uh, the hub of Ontario golf. Mm-hmm. So, is there yeah. where do you like to play regularly, Bailey? Um, well, we play regularly at Kenora Golf and Country Club just because we both have memberships there. 
Um, and then we will go to Falcon and play Falcon as well because it's ah, yes. only about 45 minutes from us. Do you play Falcon from the tips? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I have played it from the whites, though. Oh, okay. So that's, that, gets, yeah. that can be a pretty pretty long course. And, and interestingly enough, uh, yeah. we, we play the Golf Club 2019. Well, Mike doesn't because he has Nintendo Wii. But all the other <laughs> folks that have newer consoles. And Sean Skeen, who is on episode five, he designed yep. Falcon Lake Golf Course in that video game. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so shout out to him. It looks really good. And then even Stephen Needham as well. We've mentioned his name before. And he did a Cinnaboyne most recently. So a Cinnaboyne is now in yeah. that game as well. Oh. Yeah. So as long as you yeah, don't have a Nintendo, yeah, if you don't have a Nintendo Wii, then yeah, you can you yeah. can find it. <laughs> the uh, the Assiniboine is named under Deer Lodge, I think, right, right now, and then Falcon. Oh, okay. You should be able to find Falcon under the Falcon uh, Falcon Lake name. There. Mm-hmm. But yeah, pretty amazing All that right. you can create these courses mm-hmm. on these uh, on on video technology. Games. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good old technology. Yep. So, uh, Bailey, next question here. What is the most memorable course you've ever played? The top course, you always you hold it high. Um, I don't know if I have one specific one. We'll take multiple we, answers. Mm-hmm. Multiple? <laughs> yeah, sure. could, okay. yep. Well, I have, I, I have four. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm very specific. Wait, let me change so. the question. What are the four <laughs> top courses you've ever played? <laughs> Okay. Four top courses. Um, When my dad did golf holidays down to San Antonio, we regularly played at um, the Fort Sam Houston military base golf course, which is probably the the coolest experience actually driving on to a military base and and seeing that lifestyle and playing the golf course Mm -hmm. there. And we also played um, Brackenridge and La Cantera. And La Cantera is beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. Where is that? If you just look at it, they're all in San Antonio, oh, Texas. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Black and Care is really nice. And I remember I saw a roadrunner at that golf course, so that's always kind of stuck out <laughs> in my mind. That <laughs> would be memorable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and um, the other one was um, on our honeymoon, we played Tierra Verde in Arlington, Texas. And that was a really cool experience because they don't use any pesticides on their golf course and they just let mm. everything other than like the golf course itself where they maintain the fairways and the greens and stuff, but they let all of the other um, like long grass and the riverbanks and stuff just grow naturally. All natural. Yeah. How many times yeah. did you lose the, how many yeah. times did you lose your ball on that course? Um, every time a golf ball went off the fairway and like into that kind of stuff, we just left it because there was snakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did not want to take our chances. No, no kidding. And then what's the, <laughs> yeah. the final one? Well, that, that was, was that the four, second one? It? That was, that was it the four? Four? we only got, I, count I thought we had three, but I said four. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll take your word for it. We'll take your word for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're not, we're not very good. We're not very good at math. <laughs> no. No. Not big math guys. Hey? Not big math guys. <laughs> Next question. Do you? Now this is question number five. If we're if we're counting correctly, uh, do you have a bucket list course? Something you've never played before, but you want to. Um. Yeah, I, I would love to go out west and play the golf courses there, like Predator Ridge and those types of mm, golf courses. Yeah, yeah that would be I think 
the views would just be amazing. Yeah. Predator Ridge came up in episode one of mm-hmm. 18 over Paul. Yeah, with Sandy Kurseba. Sandy yeah. Kurseba. Yeah, but yeah. S- some of those courses are absolutely amazing. I know Banff Springs and mm-hmm. Kananaskis, and uh, yep. there's like a Whistler. Uh, was it Jack Nicholas North or something yeah, like that like up that. in Whistler? Whistler. Yep. Yeah, those those elevation changes really add to a to a course. I like this because they're like we're salivating. It's like can't travel anywhere. So uh, right. <laughs> I know, but I want to go play all these golf courses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hop on the on the Nintendo Wii, right? Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna have to. And then a uh, included in this question is: Is there a course in in Manitoba or northwestern Ontario that you have not played that you would love to get out to? Um, there's not really many in northwestern Ontario to really pick from for sure i'm like sure there's you've, us you've and then gone beauty bay mm-hmm. yeah yeah the, the two in kenora anything in my <laughs> and then manitoba as far as manitoba goes i think i've probably played most of them or have gone to them when i caddied for my dad when he was playing mm. um so then that's your caddying that you want to play that's true i guess the one course that i haven't played in in quite a few years that i would like to go back to is granite hills Oh yes, yeah, mm. and that's close. Yeah, I haven't played it. Yeah, it's. I think it's only like an hour, hour and forty-five. I think we kind of tracked it out to be. Mm. Yeah, elevation changes again, which is exactly. which is nice. Yep. Something you usually don't find in the city. Lots of rock face. Yep. Lots of rock face. Yep. Canadian <laughs> shield. <laughs> Just bank yep. it off this large rock, and hopefully it goes on the green. Yeah. I've, I've seen it happen yep. before. Just do a little math, and you, you get those <laughs> angles, and it exactly, just works out so perfect yeah. for you. Yeah, every angle has an equal <laughs> what is something. Anyway. Get, get out the trig set, the Bryson yeah. DeChambeau yeah. trig set, and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So next question here, what is your career low round? Um, I have shot an 80 at both Kenora and Falcon. Oh, nice. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Especially at those, I mean, never been to Kenora, but at Falcon, anything, anything around there is, uh, is pretty damn good. Was that from the whites? <laughs> I don't remember. I just know that. It, must have, it might have been from the whites because it was one of the times that me and my husband were playing a match. And usually when we're t- playing a match, he'll play from the blues and I'll play from the whites. Who usually wins in those matches? He always wins. What? But I have, I've tied him once and he had he only gave me six strokes in that round. So that's pretty good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He's a golfer too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I have not beaten him yet. And mm. it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah, it'll, yeah. It, we it believe in you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I will report back to you if if we get to golf this summer and I beat him. I will let you know when it is, it actually happens. Yeah, well, we'd appreciate to know. We'd let everyone know on on social media. <laughs> and yeah. on the show, we'll get you back on and we'll dissect it hole by hole. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'll have to remember. I'll have to remember that round. Every I'll like write notes on the scorecards, my shot placements, and. <laughs> well, you know what? No, we'll send a camera crew out yeah. every time you play him oh, okay. this summer, and uh, we'll, we can go, expense go that. GoPro onto the cart. Yeah, that's right. That works too. Yeah, perfect. Like the drone. Yeah. yeah, the drone. Yeah. And uh, 
Last question here of the the back nine lightning round, our flagship question. What is your favorite condiment? (laughs) So now Uh, I'll let you go. (laughs) uh, Well, I was going to say my go-to condiment would be barbecue sauce. Okay. But um, at Safeway, you can get a compliments branded smokehouse bacon mayo. What? Interesting. Mm. So what what do you put that on? Everything then? Pretty much. Oh nice. We use like burgers and mostly burgers, I would I think. I guess. Well, I don't think that's what I put it on as burgers. (laughs) Burgers, chicken brass, grilled cheese, grilled cheese, macaroni. It's so, good for dipping fries into it. Yeah, well. yeah. It seems like almost yeah. like a an aioli, if you will. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. And they they have like a sriracha one and like a chipotle one as well. Oh, that but seems the like smokehouse bacon is smokehouse bacon. Yeah, a good mix pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the landy carriers. Yeah. Take them out with all that. Yeah. The relish, yeah. the mustard, the ketchup. <laughs> put, put them in your put golf in, bag. Yeah, put them in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start putting my own mayonnaise in my uh, golf bag. <laughs> it's going to get so mm. hot and just, disgusting. Just don't leave it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Age to perfection. <laughs> well, what, uh, speaking of putting things in your bag, I did forget to ask of what you currently have in your bag right now. What are you using for sticks? Oh. I have all Titleist. Um, So I have a 915 driver and AP1 irons and bulky wedges. Jeez. And they seem to be working for you. Yeah. I love them. I had uh, Robbie McMillan fit me for them Mm -hmm. um, when he came out here for a demo day. And I I don't think I would go with any other clubs. I, I hit them so nice all the time. Nice, except you can't beat your husband, but that's okay. Yeah, except, well, he's got Titleist too, so oh, maybe I'll okay. get him to switch to like a different brand of golf club, and I might get an advantage on him. But get the old Jazz Fat Cats, yeah. put those in the exactly. bag, and see what happens. I'll, yeah, I'll give him my. I'll try and find a set of Sandra Post. The shafts will be a little bit flexible. <laughs> what was it? Just the time. Sandra Post. Yep. Sandra Post. Yeah, Sandra Post. So she had uh, her own line, own line of golf clubs yes, uh, with, with jazz. jazz. That's awesome. Yep. Oh. I was going to say that she actually came down to Winnipeg one time when Terry Hashimoto had Eagle's Nest. Oh, yes. Yep. The driving out on the highway there. Mm-hmm. And they did um, like a demo day with her and her club. Nice. Him and my dad. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah. I, I wish uh, we could uh, get get some more into that. Well, maybe we will, but we'll just wrap up the back nine lightning round because we actually added a few more questions to the back nine <laughs> oh, lightning round. Or do okay. you have another one, Mike? Thanks. Did you forget one? I did not forget okay, one. Okay, good. Well, the, the Backline Lightning Round uh, has been presented by Jamie Wilkie and the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. You can check them out, winnipegdodge.com. Go check them out. Yeah, not while driving. Don't Google it while driving, but no. when you're when you're pulled over the side of the road or you're in the safety of your own home, do or it. A, uh, or a mm-hmm. hands-free device. Yes, or a hands-free device, yeah. Maybe you can check them out. Siri, Google, the new Winnipeg Dodge. <laughs> Do you uh, want to pass along any uh, any stories that you remember from from your youth with uh, both either your your dad or your mom? Well, the one that I'm told quite often, I don't remember it, but the one that I'm told quite often is my dad and I were out golfing, and 
he hit a bump or something and I fell out of the golf cart oh, no. and he didn't notice it and he ran over my foot. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah. And I I don't remember this incident, so I don't know if I was like severely injured or maybe I like you fell shook into it off. One, like the potholes on like seven there or whatever and he, you know it, it protected my foot or not yeah yeah the moguls yeah exactly <laughs> but norm schmatz tells me that story quite often because he was there and he saw it happen and yeah <laughs> oh wow that's uh yikes that's amazing yeah well hopefully yep. you didn't break anything i think that is a no common... my yeah you, you no, got the, you got the rubbery film... ankle yeah the only thing that i broke at the golf course was my elbow when i was like two years old or four years old or something like that. Mm, lots of right. And club records. <laughs> yeah. You broke a lot of club <laughs> right, records. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I'm not sure. Probably. Well, we'll, we'll club go with record that. of who could run the fastest up and down that hallway, probably. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was some great cardio. The little hallway that yeah. used to go down from where uh, the, the check-in desk the was. And yeah. then from the locker rooms, it would go all the way down. There's a secret yeah. secret little staircase that would got you up to the Ooh, restaurant like the or white, outside like to the, the garbage can. Yeah, exactly. Secret stairwell yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything. Yeah, we had it... Uh, we had it all locked down, but uh, we really appreciate you coming on here. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks for having and, me. And uh, if I'm sure we forgot to, to touch on a, a few things, but maybe we'll, we'll get you back on. Hopefully, when they either you beat your husband when they open up the the golf courses again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully that yeah. happens soon. Well, yeah, hopefully. Uh, fingers crossed. Like right now, we're on lockdown until May 20th, mm. but I'm hoping that is not the case. We have um, there's an organization in Southern Ontario called We Are Golf. And they helped us get open early last summer when everything was out. Oh, out, really? Okay. Was locked nice. down. Yeah. So they actually lobbied, you know, their, their MPs, the mayors, um, everyone that they could to get golf open when everything else was kind of open. So we're hoping that they're going to do some lobbying for us again here. Nice. And then maybe if we can travel, we might see you this summer and we'll get you, uh, we'll bring you a DQ cake all the way from Winnipeg. Thanks to the uh, Nick and Nikki group of DQs, uh, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the food court, DQ Neverville and DQ St. Anne's Road. Bailey, this was awesome. Thanks again. Yeah, thanks so much. And we will uh, chat with you soon. And thanks again to uh, Jamie Wilkie and the folks at the new Winnipeg Dodge and the Point West Auto Park. We'll uh, see you next time. So long. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. late for your tea time as per usual it's 12 12 but you wouldn't know the clock in your piece of shit ride just blinks eights at you it's embarrassing you find the parking stall the farthest away from the clubhouse it can't be seen in your shit box you know you're gonna play awful because you feel awful your car doesn't match that swagger buried deep down inside that golfing champion waiting to be unleashed ding your bumper hits the concrete as you accidentally sit on it while putting on your golf shoes you smile because tomorrow you're going to see jamie wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. The front doors will open like the Azalea Line gates at Augusta. You'll ask for the best-looking guy there. You'll find the former amateur champ, Jamie Wilkie, staring back at you. You hand over your money. Your new ride glistens as it pulls out of the dealership. Then Jamie approaches and whispers in your ear, Son, next week, I'm taking you golfing at Breezy Bend. I'll show you a thing or two. 
you smile again as now your golf game will look and feel as good as your new ride. Improve your ride and your drive with Jamie Wilkie at the new Winnipeg Dodge in the Point West Auto Park. WinnipegDodge.com. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in, food, in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.